We're glad you are part of our community. I'm Bill Galtier, and I'm with my wife and partner, Christy. We're doctors of psychology and the founders of Soul Shepherding. We hope you were encouraged by our just-finished series of podcasts on our new book, Healing Prayer for Emotional and Physical Wholeness. You can order this book on our website. Today is part of a series of Soul Talks on relationally healthy leadership. We'll be drawing on material from our Institute in Spiritual Formation and Soul Care. As part of our Institute, you can earn a certificate in the Ministry of Spiritual Direction. Prepare to be inspired in your role for serving God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3, verse 1, that it's a good thing to aspire to leadership, as long as we remain submitted to God and in sync with the love of Jesus. Hey, friends, it's Christy here. Soul Shepherding, so grateful to have you joining us on Soul Talks. Hope that you are enjoying this fall, wherever you are, different weather in different places, but it's always good for us to have this season where we're reminded that just as we see in the trees, the leaves falling to the ground, so there are seasons of pruning of death in our life where God brings about new life. He's always at work. Well, today we are back in our series on relationally healthy leadership, and we're talking today about serving what you're cooking. This is going to be Bill teaching at our institute. It's a little 10-minute clip giving some points here for pastors, teachers, Bible study leaders about the importance that as teachers, when God calls us to teach, that we're doing that out of the overflow, out of our own knowledge and experience. That really matters. Jesus wants us to be living it before we can lead others in it. And so that's what Bill's going to be talking about today. Thanks for joining us. Imagine yourself sitting at the Institute with Bill and I with a circle of about 20 pastors and leaders. And hopefully someday you really can be with us in that room in person. We'd love that. Let's turn to guidelines for preachers. And by extension, this is for Bible study teachers, small group leaders, maybe even the gentle wisdom that might come from a soul friend, uh, but especially for preachers. So we've got some uh, discern your topic. And the idea here is serve what you're cooking is the best way to do that. So what we like to do is start with what's God cooking in us. And of that good food, what do we think this group of people needs to hear? We would rather not bring a message to a group of people that we're not learning to live. Just because it's biblical and it's true, and we learned it from Eugene Peterson or whoever, I'd rather not be in the position of passing that on if it hasn't gone through my life. If you haven't learned to live it, it's best not to teach on it. Because that's the biblical definition of a teacher, is someone that knows how to do stuff. They know how to be a good person. Of course, we're all in process, but... It's good to meditate on a passage before you you preach on it. You know, we, we got these scriptures this week, and Christy and I are enjoying going through those. Be authentic. We're into number one, but it's always good to, you know, come from your life and your personal studies. So it's so hard to be a preacher today, but there is a problem of plagiarizing or just borrowing too much from other people. It's so easy to borrow from other people. We need to be careful with that. Uh, I think that the people that we are teaching would like to know that we've done our own study 
And if this is like a cookie cutter sermon from John Ortberg, and we're just great at delivering it, that's probably not meeting the authenticity test. Maybe it's better if we give John Ortberg credit, but I would rather add some things and do some of my own thinking and get some of my own stories in there where I'm learning to live this or struggling with this. Or I just think it's a lot more valuable when the message is coming from our learning in our life. There's a CT pastor's article, really good, The Great Delivery Debate. Manuscript, notes, or nothing. So if you're a preacher, I commend that article to you. Manuscript, notes, or nothing. The wisdom and blessing and benefit of all three is presented, and so you get to decide. I will say, if you're a manuscript or notes person, it's good sometime to practice doing it with nothing or just an outline. And you're going to feel naked, you're going to feel nervous, but you're going to learn to trust some of the wisdom that's inside of you, and you're going to learn to trust the Spirit. And for me personally, learning to do that transformed me as a speaker. Because if you get 100% Bill's flesh, it'd be nothing like what you're experiencing. This would be totally organized, it'd be full of principles, and it'd be everything I prepared, you'd get all that. But most of what you get that you'd say is good, probably it just kind of came up because Beth asked a question or something. Or Bill or Christy went off script, I think, and I learned this from Dallas. We want a balance of preparation, study, notes, things that are orderly, but then some flow based on the people that we're with and how the Spirit might be leading us. And I think you can even do that in a sermon to a degree. Everybody has their own style, but it's worth reflecting on. Identifying the assumptions of your audience is a good thing to do. Cultural stuff. Here's a big one. You've heard us do this time and again. Number five, asking Jesus to be the preacher. You know, when you're in your pulpit or you're teaching your Bible study, who are you trusting? Who are you putting your faith in? When you're in that soul talk conversation with somebody, picture Jesus as the teacher, the leader, the counselor. Watch and pray around that. Do your best, but don't trust your best. Trust Jesus in the moment. Jesus is in the room. He's the best one. Make it your goal that people leave that conversation or they leave that teaching enthralled with Jesus. Six, be vulnerable and give hope. That's a tricky balance. So we like the 12-step model. Share your experience, strength, and hope. Those are three very different things there. Uh, We want to give you a caution. Be careful you don't use the audience like your therapist. We would have never needed to say this 50 years ago, but today, some of us can be too vulnerable. So you want to be vulnerable where you're not ashamed about it. You're not scared. A little bit of fear maybe if it's new, but you want to be vulnerable where you've experienced some grace in this area. If you haven't yet experienced any grace, any progress, don't share it with the people you're ministering to. Bring it to your spiritual mentor or your soul friend. Because if your pastor keeps sharing the same kind of story year after year about the same struggle with anger, and they never get over it, the vulnerability is going to be really winsome and helpful. And it's like, okay, he's on a level with me. And if I got an anger problem, it's like, okay, I don't have to feel guilty. Pastor has a problem too. There's grace for me. There's a lot of good in that. Romans 7. Okay, it's open for me. I do what I don't want to do, but thanks be to God for Jesus, I'm forgiven. But where does Romans 8 come in? Where do we ever change? 
I would like for my pastor, my small group leader, leader even, I may be too high a bar, but I'd like the mentor to have a little bit of life experience here where they're learning to actually do this stuff. And so if I haven't gotten any help with anger yet, maybe I don't talk about that one. Let's find something that I have gotten some help with and be vulnerable about that. And, and let me be convicted about, I still don't have any help with my anger problem. What's wrong with me? Well, how am I broken in here? And let me do the inner work to get some change there so that I could have a testimony. Because when you're sharing with people that are learning from you, you want to be vulnerable so they can relate with you, but you want to give them hope. You want to illustrate for them change is possible. Not perfection, but change. And so that's the kind of self-disclosure we want to use in, in our blog, in our sermons, in our Bible studies. And I mean, maybe this is not so hard to understand, but it's hard to do. And a lot of our spokespersons don't understand this. So we always have to remind ourselves of this. If you focus on who comes, it's easy to be worried about who didn't come <laughs> or that the group isn't bigger. And it's a total waste of time. So Ray Orland always told me, Bill, if God's not there, it's not big. But if God's there, it's big. Now, of course, God is always there. What he means is the manifest presence of the Lord, trusting God's presence. Is God in my attention? See, you know, I I hope that every one of you someday has, if you haven't already, you have the experience of leading a group or a meeting and nobody shows up. That's, That's disappointing. You're prepared. You know, nobody's there. They said they'd be there. They didn't come. You feel lonely. You feel maybe I'm not that great. You start questioning your call. It's difficult. It brings up some feelings you need to need some help with. But it's a good test. What do you do? Do you pray for the people? Do you get back in the saddle and prepare for the next thing? See, I think it's a good test. Or do you say, oh, now I got two hours free. I sat and it wasn't the full two hours, but I had a two-hour group and none of the pastors showed up. It's happened a couple times. I stayed in my butt in the chair and I prayed for them. He says, oh, I got two free hours to do some work. It's like, no, they're really busy. It's hard for them to make time for this group. Have some compassion for them. Pray for them. And to leave that room with a sense of dignity. That was time well spent that I prayed for them. We've talked about smiling, uh, hospitality. We've talked about being enthralled with Jesus. Couldn't talk too much about that. Uh, Letting it go. You know, the helium balloon analogy. Brother Dallas Sure, this was John Ortberg, but, you know, when you speak, be like Dallas. Whistle a hymn. Be happy. Let it go. You've done your part. Yeah, it could have been better. Of course, it could have been. Uh, there's a time to get feedback and learn how to improve, of course. But mostly, hey, you've given your best. You put it out there. Trust the Lord with it now. Give praise to God. He's working on the message in people's hearts. And that's what matters the most anyway. I have to keep working on that one. And then... Uh, Last but not least, developing good habits, because what we want to do is like the golf ball analogy we used before. It's like, we, I mean, it's like 10 things. It's hard to do all 10 of those things. You can't do all 10 of those at once. But you actually could get, you know, proficient at all 10 or most of those. But the way is one at a time. You have to develop a habit. So pick one that the Lord puts on your heart and try to get a habit around being that kind of a speaker, that kind of a writer. And then when that one's going in you, pick up another one and build that up. Because you want to get to the point where you don't have to think about these things while you're speaking, or that's going to be distracting you. (laughs) 
but you could probably think about one of them while you're preparing to speak and then even while you're speaking, right? So my example, you put a little smiley face in your notes, remember to smile, and if you keep doing that, and if that's hard for you, do what I did, hire the person in back, put up the sign, smile, until you just like get that down. And not like you're faking it, but like, I'm happy because the pressure's off me. Jesus is here, the risen Christ. He's the teacher. It's up to him. You and him. I'm just facilitating something here. So I hope that you enjoyed hearing Bill share some of the things that he's learned as he has been a spokesperson for Christ and as he has learned to be a teacher in different settings that God's called him to. And we pray that this will be an encouragement to you in the area that God has given you knowledge to share or has given you influence or he's called you to be a leader. And maybe you want to share this podcast episode with somebody in your circle who also has been entrusted with great knowledge and opportunity to be a teacher. Join me as we pray. Jesus, thank you that you teach us, that you train us, that you give us experience with you, and that you desire to use us as your ambassadors. Thank you for the privilege that it is to be your spokespeople. We ask, Lord, that we would be humble before you in it always and integritous in our teaching, that we would do you well in all that we say and do, that many people would be enthralled with you, drawn to you, Jesus, through our words, through the blessings that you give us to share, through the truth you give us to teach. May we do it in your grace and power for your glory. Amen. Our mission is to train you to thrive with Jesus in your life and leadership. The best way we can do that is in our Soul Shepherding Institute retreats with the added training to earn a certificate in the Ministry of Spiritual Direction. We'd love to have you and your friends join us in our institute. We have a new cohort starting soon. 